<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Simple Minds Podcast. Jacob here hosting today. Um, I'm here today with Justin. What's up? Matt. Hi. And Conrad. G'day. We <laughs> <laughs> just listened 20 minutes of you practicing your radio voice and then you come out like a Muppet. Hi. <laughs> practicing my radio voice. Hi. This is you, Matt Hannah. You mean I was talking I into the sausages. microphone? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mate. <laughs> what do you spend your time thinking about? Today we're missing Travis as well. Are we missing him? I'm not. <laughs> physically. Yeah. Are you missing him physically? Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you want to re- do you want to retort on whether you believe he's a nappy changer? Retort. Uh, who? Me? Hado. Oh, Hado. Yeah, because you're here and we, and you copped a couple of episodes back about whether you change nappies or not. Apparently you do. Yeah, well no. <laughs> Apparently I do. Uh look I do change some nappies. You think Travis does? I think he does. Uh, yeah. He's oh, a bit absolutely. than you. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he's definitely more um, earth than I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though, right, how earthy he is, but they use disposable nappies. Mate, Isn't that no, fucked up? Isn't that some sort of contradiction? Everybody uses disposable nappies. I didn't. Nappies I didn't. Yeah, but they, you're in a different decade, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're using, like, uh, banana leaves or something. <laughs> banana leaves. Oh, my God. <laughs> Should we get started? <laughs> yeah, eventually. Probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken us way too long to get to here. Okay. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Can we just like genuinely restart that? No. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll get into it then. The drink I brought today is, well, first of all, topic, talking virility. It's a kind of word that has gone out of fashion a little bit. I've got a, a bit of a chart of... I talk about it a lot. Genuinely? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play poker, Jacob. <laughs> it's, a, it's a word that's use peaked in about the nineteen sort of fifteen to nineteen twenty-five range. So kind of post really? World War One, post World War One sort of era, and since then has just been declining in use. Uh, and at the same time, the term masculinity has pretty much risen kind of in use, more or less the words have become synonymous and have more or less swapped out in the last probably 100 years or so. However, in their origins, there are two different definitions, there's two different ideas, and um, that's something I kind of want to explore today. Primarily looking at masculinity as something that's ingrained in us, or as men especially. The idea of toxic masculinity as a negative expression of masculine traits and the idea that originally virility was the expression of masculinity in a positive way and kind of what are aspects of masculinity that men should aspire towards, as well as aspects that we should try and kind of leave in the past. The drink I brought today, I sort of had had a look through the, the liquor store and thought, what is the most, the most masculine and manly drink I could get that kind of represents a gentleman? That's the least, uh, I guess, toxic drink I could get. Um, I found a Tanqueray Gin and Tonic, which is... Says the definitive gin and tonic from London, and it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of something that like James Bond or a gentleman would drink. So I thought this would be a. It's my standard. Your standard? But can I give you some some <laughs> advice on it? <laughs> Gentleman's drink, a G and T. Let me just tell you that the 
the Tanqueray type of gin is the preferred gin by the Queen, so maybe she's got some masculine aspects towards her. Oh, it's good to hear. Well, it is straight out of London, see she. So is uh, Liz, so makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Lizzie. <laughs> Liz. We were just starting to trend in the UK. <laughs> now we've respect, respectfully been removed. Can't be doing any worse than Boris's at the moment. But when I say the word virility, what comes to mind first for you guys? Um, definitely G&T. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Go- done. I mean, are you serious? Like, I, I'm not, I wouldn't suggest I'm knowledgeable on this topic, but is this what you would consider the most masculine drink you could find in the bottle no, shop? Well, masculine from the perspective of like... A gentleman rather than, like, a bro. Like, there oh. were plenty of, like, <laughs> Bundaberg and cola drinks that are, like, you can consider masculine. but You didn't consider, like, an 18-year-old whiskey. <laughs> I considered that too, but it didn't fit the budget. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So here's, a, here's where we're going. No, I have no problem with the drink. I just never considered it's that. not wrong, though. It's, it's a clean drink. I mean, I probably wouldn't assume it to be a gentleman's drink. However, I do drink it. Yeah, um, so do so I. I'm but, but James Bond didn't drink it. James Bond drank martinis. Yeah, if you wanted to oh, make it a shaken, not stirred martini. Well, to make a martini, I would have had to have bought three or four bottles of Thank spirits. And we could have brought Marco in. We're not busy at the moment. I <laughs> Hi, Marco. I don't need vermouth in my on my shelf. Who does? <laughs> well, someone who drinks martinis. Anyway, back to the word. Are we Sorry. dropping some cucumber in this just to make it more masculine? No, that's what you do with Hendrix, mate. <laughs> so back to the original question. What does the word virility kind of bring to mind straight away for you guys? Real straight of mind stuff without going to the, the dictionaries. Virility to me is, is the more sensual side. That's what, what, what the, the vision I get from a... More sexual. Sensual. Sensual, not sexual. Okay. I was clarifying. Yep, English is a second language of mine, so don't make fun of me. I wasn't making fun of you. I was curious if you meant sensual in a sexual or a slightly different approach, however you right. would like to Just put sensual. That. Justin, what comes to mind? <laughs> Google. Google's, <laughs> that's your generation, bro. <laughs> no, no, he didn't know what the word I was. I didn't know what the word oh, was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is being virile? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Sounded like a sandwich to you? <laughs> yeah, it's like going viral. <laughs> like, huh? Uh, I literally did had to Google it because um, I've not been familiar with this word. So, well, there's most of the population's in 1925. It's, it's been dropping <laughs> off. So, you'll be clearly from the. That's fair. 1930s. Excellent <laughs> choice of long tail keyword. Absolutely. Okay, and <laughs> Matt, what came to mind for you first? Um, probably similar to um, Conrad's line, but probably actually more, when I hear that word, I consider that more down the, the sexual or sensual path than masculinity. Yep. So I don't... Is, is it more, is it, would it be, so, I mean, I know you say sexual, but would it be more the fact of the the reproductive side of sexuality? Yeah, that's right. Not, yeah. Definitely the reproductive, the like, side. Um, have to Google e- that e- word, ev- evolutionary, like that kind of Added side of, of and your reproductory, as opposed to like um, sex for sex's sake. And I, I, I actually, because I wondered what you were going to say, because given the fact that you've just become a father again, um, <laughs> that to me was probably the where I was leaning on where you'd take the meaning of the word. 
From a biological standpoint, virility is kind of the masculine version of fertility, which is traditionally yeah. um, associated with women. Yeah, being um, capable of. A virile man is someone who's yeah highly highly fertile, can reproduce, has... Um, is a well, Matt's the, the most virile man in this room at the moment. And I am the Three least. Kids, you're the, no, you're the second. You've got two. Oh, he's the least. He's the <laughs> I'm the, the most sterile just man in the group. Pointing though. at Justin Bourne. <laughs> He's the most sterile. He doesn't even know the word. No wonder he hasn't got a child. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't stopped anyone else. But um, there was a, a great article I linked up for us to kind of read and consider that talked about the, the ancient origins of virility. Back in the Roman days, the Greek days, a lot of these men in the, I think, circa sort of 300 BC era, um, a lot of the philosophers for example they talked of virility as this idea of masculine traits expressed in a positive way they thought that all boys and then men are born masculine it's not something you really earn it's just something that you, you have however the differences of someone who expresses virilitas as they called it in uh, the greek or latin i think it is latin. um is someone who expresses things like physicality sexuality but also intellect control of your emotions it was the idea that masculinity can be expressed in a negative way or in a positive way it's not something that in itself is inherently bad or good it's sort of neutral um, there's a lot of talk nowadays about toxic masculinity and the expression of masculine traits to the detriment of men and society um especially ideas of men that are pleasure-seeking, kind of mind is bigger than yours attitude. The, the person who comes to, to mind for a lot of people is Donald Trump. But, but the, mind, mind is, the mind is bigger than yours scenario. Wouldn't that be more the masculine? Not, not that, that, that's the aspect of what that's defining as opposed to the virile aspect of that? Oh, yeah. This is, I'm talking about toxic masculinity. <laughs> so the left-hand side column here is things like being aggressive, undisciplined, boastful, um, selfish, weak, um, unmotivated things, kind of expressions of masculinity but in a negative way, whereas the, the opposite of that is being vigorous but deliberate, courageous but restrained. It's this idea of self-control that if you combine the ingrained masculinity with the, I guess, the stoic practices they had in the day, that's that combination you're looking for. Men that are strong and physical and have the capacity and capability to perform, but also the control and restraint to not um, let kind of relinquish their emotion or to kind of um, allow them emotions and their passions to consume them. The idea that you're a strong and kind of having high sexual energy, but also you're not... Um, you're restrained in that as well. Like someone who is an adulterer, someone who sleeps with seven, like many women who's undiscerning is someone who's they, they did not consider to be virile. Um, the idea of kind of being able to fight without getting angry, be heard without shouting, um, having control of your mind and body. That's this idea that you're not born with these traits. They're things you pursue. Um, and the big question is, whilst the word has gone out of popularity and context in, I guess, 21st century um, society, are there aspects 
that they spoke about and they considered back then that are still worthy of pursuit. So do you think someone um, a couple of thousand years ago in, in Greece had a write on a tablet, you know, toxic virility, and, um, and shared that with everyone? I mean, are we just interchanging the words now in the sense, because I look at some of these names, for example, or even some of what we're calling negative now and maybe positive, and we're almost saying that in the past, potentially it was somewhat more positive. But the truth is all these things and more were happening back then. If anything, they were potentially slightly more accepted within society. Well, I was going to say, <clears throat> my, um, I'm not a scholar, but I have taken an interest in the Roman Empire. Marcus Aurelius uh, and Maximus, um, interesting you, call, you say positive, but from a, from a practice perspective, they were womanizers. Yes, and the idea of a womanizer is a very interesting one to debate because if you look at someone like James Bond, he's considered to be yep. a womanizer and people can, you can see that as a positive or a but negative. But James Bond has never had a wife, whereas Maximus and Aurelius had wives. Yeah, so that's, that's probably one aspect where they let themselves down and in that era, that would have detracted from their virility. So can't a man, given the fact that virility talks about the positive nature of masculinity, can't a man be virile but also demonstrate toxic masculine traits? Oh, absolutely. It's not a black and white thing. Um, in the same way that not all masculinity is toxic and not all toxic behaviours are linked to masculinity, they're not, they, there's plenty of grey areas. I think that's where people go wrong with the current term. And, and I've got a little chart showing the popularity of the term masculinity uh, toxic masculinity really since about 1980 it was not even on the radar before that and what about masculinity masculinity in itself is pretty much in the last hundred years has been trending up yep in the exact in the opposite direction of okay virility. so you could assume that there's been an interchange of words uh, and potential meanings however yeah um, there are positive and negative attributes to both sides of, of that equation yeah, that's true. So that's, that's so, it's, so it's an aspect thing. It's not a definitive person thing. Of so course, you, yeah. So you could be Marcus Aurelius and show some um, positive virile behaviours and traits, but also demonstrate some traits of toxic uh, toxicity. Oh, hundred percent. It's in that no no one. Well, I'm, person, I'm, I'm him. No I, one person I'm, is perfect. I'm not one way or the other. I'm, I do both. Oh yeah, <laughs> you go both ways. Both ways. <laughs> Like this microphone. Yeah. It's the idea that like no one's perfect and it's something to aspire to, but in the same way. I'm confused, man. Wait, hey, did you write this article or is this someone else's article? Someone else's article. But these are, so, that other okay. Article. The bit that I'm confused. But yeah, why, so why is toxic masculinity? Okay. I'm, I'm cool with it being negative. You know, toxic masculinity is negative. How is then masculinity neutral for then... Virility to be positive. Okay, because we're talking traits here, right? And ca uh, we're talking about characteristic traits. We're talking about gender. Okay, so masculine is the is the gender base. Okay, yep. and and the negative attribute of the of that gender base is toxic masculinity. The positive nature of that gender base is virility. Correct. Is it? That's what we're that's what we're writing here. I mean, that's what the word is. So if we're going to bring toxic masculinity in play. We're going to have to bookend it with the other alternative, right? You can't just be—you just can't be masculine. That's 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 gender based. 
Okay, so the the aspect of the, the good aspects of the positive aspects of being masculine is being virile. Yeah, each each characteristic okay. can be expressed either way. Something like being physical, for example. So physicality is typically considered to be a masculine trait. Expressed in a negative way as someone who has, say, a temper or f- goes out bars pursuing fights, people who are violent. That is a negative or a toxic expression of physicality as a masculine trait. Someone who can... But in ancient Rome, that was okay. Yeah. It was. I mean, that's... You know, yeah. they, they, talk about, they talk about virility. Um, you know, virile means marked by strength or force. So Roman empires, you know, Roman emperors were all about force. That's how they acquired their land. Oh, yes, but they also talked about restraint and control of temper and, um, like, the whole Stoic concept. They all killed each other, mate. Each, each, Roman empire rose, each Roman emperor rose to power through fucking killing someone. How's that? Virile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably that's where... virility. <laughs> I told you someone wrote it on a piece of slate. I'm not saying so. Let's not, let's not get stoicism mixed up with, viri- with, with, with virility, right? Because that's very different. Again, yeah. I can understand. I, I don't. I don't. I, yeah, characterizing Marcus Aurelius as virile by the definition of the word marked by strength or force. Completely agree. Completely yep. agree. Okay. However, he was a womanizer, and he did kill with his own hands, not just his armies. Yes. So, moving away, going back to Clan and Matt. So, is virility something that we should be looking to pursue as as men? I mean, what what are we? Yeah, good question. Is that kind of like because um, virility's an interest? Yeah, I've never heard of the word. Standing in your strength, one hundred percent. We've started. I've started listening to the way of the superior man. Yeah, so that's virile. Um, that's yeah, what that's and what so a lot reading. of that. This I'm only probably well, one third of the way through, but yep. some of the concepts that have started to be brought Standing up. Standing in your strength, representing your power <laughs> um, and using it positively. Yeah, really resonate a lot with some of this, what you've currently defined here in the virility um, column. So is that something men should be aspiring uh, towards and should we be working towards? Is that kind of... Yeah, it's this idea that we, as men, we are born with, and not all, lumping all men into this, but... Generally, masculinity has all these traits and attributes that are traditionally, I guess, characterized or attributed to men. And we can use them in a positive way or we can use them in a negative way. And the positive way to use them is to, like an athlete, for example, who uses their physical attributes to benefit, but with restraint. Someone who, like a... The the problem with that, though, right, and it's all hormonal based, the problem with that, it, it does trigger the flip side of what you would call toxic masculinity. Because an overdose of the masculine hormones causes that power play that can walk that fine line and flip to the other side. Yeah. A good, a good example of this is something like martial arts where the idea that you learn to control your physical, like your strength and control that self-discipline, a good way to... Yeah, control and direct. Yeah, in that... You learn to control your aggression, not to, to not to squash it, but not to let it out, to control that emotion. So whether it be karate or 
jiu-jitsu, any of these sort of forms of martial art, you learn here's how to use your strength in a positive way to defend, not to use it to, I guess, to, to kill and yep. destroy. Um, and that's like a good example of, I guess, where the Romans back then probably... They all their, did it, mate. The Chinese, the Japanese, yeah, everyone did Anyone it. in that, have the, they've let their emotions drive and control them and they've used that physical, that masculinity in a negative way. Um, so coming back to the to the point you made, Justin, um, about what you're reading, the way of the superior man and how, how we can come back to owning our virility, um, it is using your power and directed towards good. And right now when we... And we joked about it earlier with Trav, and he's not, Trav's not, you know, Trav's a bloke, bloke. Um, it's, we're seeing today more so than ever, probably a lot of men stepping away from their power because they're too scared to be defined by the word masculine because of the association to the toxicity, not to the association of the word of virility. I think that's the problem we've got. And, and by bringing back the word in some sort of force, then we can give men an opportunity to stand for what they want to stand for and use their power and their, you know, their, 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 their strength towards good. The more we use that and the more we repeg that, I think as a society and as a gender, we can become powerful um, and be able to stand up to our women who are becoming powerful. It's really interesting that you frame it that way. Um, I thought it was fucking amazing, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Um, because, you know, obviously, yeah, when you define masculine and, and I guess the word masculine and the, the, a lot of the traits that go with it have copped a lot of, uh, bad PR over the last probably, uh, you know, quite a few years and, and us as younger men on this side, now we're all young men here, um, are used to uh, that bad PR. And so there's not really a North star to kind of look towards other than just bracketing being a good human but you know listening to the way of superior man and respecting and understanding masculine energy and feminine energy um, there's obviously been a huge shift in attention on the feminine and that's been amazing and it's great to see but in the process there has been a, almost a loss of way and no leadership in the masculine area and i think the word's been tainted a little bit well the word's been lost yeah well yeah. it's been it's got an adjective in front of it and basically that's all it is <laughs> yeah. right virility has been lost and masculine masculinity yeah like uh, when you just say it it almost balances on the the negative correct well, that's exactly right and that's where like there should either be another you know adjective it's in a front neutral of it. word yeah, yeah. It's just, it just defines Gender. But there's but there's a toxic yeah. just by saying the word it feels heavy for already. So like I like where you're going with that is if we could swing the conversation to virility, um, and it's quite of a, a softer and, and to me, just sitting here, virility speaks to love a hell of a lot yeah. more. Yeah, it, it embodies um, it, it embodies I, that sensual side of a man. Yeah, I, I get a, a strong feeling of more of, of love and give while being powerful and masculine. But that is power, right? I yeah. mean, because they, they do talk about, about the way to true strength is through inner love. So it is it is a path to power. And I think the word masculine, for some reason, well, it, even with my exposure and through my experiences growing up, it, love doesn't really seem to associate with the word masculine, or for me it hasn't, um, and I think that's probably yeah. common amongst men, and so it's because it's all about rah rah, and you know, like whereas, yeah, so that's yeah, super fascinating. Men don't cry, boys don't cry, sort of thing. Whereas, 
virility kind of speaks to a man who can give his young son or daughter a hug and use that physicality and that strength and that sheltering ability to, to provide comfort. safety and yeah. comfort. Um, and that's where you can transcend, right? Because someone asked me the other day about this podcast and they couldn't, they couldn't understand how we could come on and talk about the things that we talk about. And I, I guess you could see what they were saying is that they feel like they were giving up some form of like ammunition or weak weakness. It was a male that spoke to you. It was it was a female, but um, it was a it was a female in a in a business conversation where she was very much in a masculine state yeah. of of like the conversation, but she couldn't understand how I would give up that, I guess, ammunition, not realising that actually for me, and I'm sure that you guys are the same, it's more or less the opposite. The more I put it out there, it's just something you can't use against me. And it's something that I'm able to transcend and I have enough strength to say, well, I can open that door into that vulnerability or into that that sort of um, virility piece. I can open that door and, and be in control of it and talk about it rather than it be something that I have to hide in the cupboard. But that is true strength. And that's strength. Yeah, yeah. a virile man is strong enough to be vulnerable and say, like, I am strong enough and I'm confident enough in who I am to share these things and not fear what's going to happen and not... You know um, what I think? It would be interesting to see um, the word toxic masculinity overlaid from a use perspective in line with machoism. Because yeah. that's a lot of the stuff that is being called toxic these days. Back in the sixties and seventies, well, no, I wasn't around in the sixties, but what you can see <laughs> on the TV, um, you know, were you overseas or something? I was, I was swimming. <laughs> You're swimming. <laughs> um, you know, back in those days, where you see the likes of, um, and you guys will laugh at this if you remember it, but um, Brady Bunch, not necessarily the Brady Bunch, but someone like Arthur Fonzarelli off um, Happy Days. The Fonz, you know, he he was he was very macho, and you know, you would almost say the way that again the way he treated women was probably on the other side of of good, yeah, yeah. Like what is a uh, T bird from Greece? <laughs> is that toxic yeah, that, masculinity? That's a great movie, apparently, right? <laughs> uh, you guys have you seen it? <laughs> so I, I think it, I think it is I think it's really challenging. Um, but it's and the challenge is there for for us uh, males to try to embrace that word more. Um, and I'm not saying we're going to be able to create a resurgence, but when talking to men around you, um, sons, um, you know, I coach basketball teams. It's, it's to encourage the fact that to to stay in their power, and that's a good thing. Yeah, not and, to be afraid of traits of masculinity, and also not to be tra- afraid of traits of femininity that I think the biggest thing that's come out of the last few decades is this battle between them, this idea that they're in in a tug of war rather than something that, that should be combined. That there was for so long, for thousands of years, there was this idea that men dominated and masculine dominated feminine and men were the greatest species. And then over the last 20, 30 years or so, that started to, or, or more, that's reversed to a point where even talking about being masculine is now becoming something that it's a word that has negative connotations around it. It's a word that's now starting to get a lot of bad negative, um, bad. Yeah, the other one would be toxic it. femininity. See whether that's floating around at the moment. Yeah, Google that. 
But no, yeah. look, I, I agree. Start I think it's a trend. I think it's a dangerous like it's a slippery slope if we start to always consider like all elements of masculinity a, a negative thing. I yeah. mean, if our children start to bring bring that through, but I think that's where it was going, right? And I, and look, I, I know a lot of men who are very. Um, they, they, they may show elements of masculinity in, in some of their workplaces but are incredibly feminine in their relationship. And that's okay. But that's I think not it, me. It's, no, it's not me. <laughs> but it's also considered... The way like, you said hello when you got on this show, mate, I'm considering that might be you. Hi! <laughs> that was just my impersonation of... Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, won't, uh, I won't out you in public. Um <laughs> I just think it's a it's a real problem, and I know people that it's if it's seen as negative, and we keep showing this to uh, you know the younger generations that it's a problem, then we won't have a there will be no healthy. What there will be is only toxic. Yeah, but I'm, because, I'm glad because now we've brought that word back in play. Well, if we bring virility back in play, that's great if that works. But what I'm saying is like if we if we only talk to the negative of it, there will only ever be negative. So what you'll find men or um, you know people will be doing is they'll be in a fairly neutral state or they do something yeah. and it's toxic. And so we'll lose the whole positive aspect of it, which is a real danger because it is what we bring to the, you know, to, to the table as a species. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> it's super, it's, it's super interesting. It's not talked enough. Um, yeah. It's not talked about enough. Uh, particularly listening to the the way of the superior man, respecting author of Dave, the way of the David Dieter. Yeah, uh, that's shout out David. Yeah, Ray that's Book. been really good um, to understand and respect both sides. Um, and it's inter- interesting in that book he talks about uh, how a lot of women these days are actually uh, complaining because their men aren't masculine enough. Um, yeah, but there's a whole another social thing going on at the moment. In there. I was, and I've been talking to a few women about this recently over the last few weeks. The, the the rise in the power of females um, is is on the tables. That the, you know, women have not changed their initiation into womanhood. All right, so they 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 hit puberty at roughly the same age as they have over the last thousands of years, and a woman is a, a, a girl becomes a woman. Men don't have a definitive um, you know, initiation. <laughs> some some never get there. <laughs> yeah, some never get there. It's said that men don't mature. Emotionally, somewhere until somewhere in their thirties, north of thirty-two, um, and so you've got a massive imbalance of, of women that are prepared to parent at 10, 11 years of age from a from a from a phys- physiology perspective, and men that aren't ready to parent until they're their thirties. So what ends up, what ends up happening, and what's happening at the moment, and this is probably something that was always happening, but the population bias and the and the and the media has, has now made us more aware that more women are dating younger men. And largely because they've got maternal instincts and they want to parent. So they end up parenting their partners. That's what's happened. And that's why you've seen divorce rates go through because when men start to balance out, they know they don't need another mother and then they start to rebel. I've just solved the problem. <laughs> but if, if, if you were a, vir- a virile man... PopeFrancis.com. Um, yeah. Hate <laughs> um, <Eight> mail. <laughs> Copy and paste. Um, <laughs> w- would that mitigate that? Distance? So, so vir- being virile means that you stand in your strength. Yep. Okay. Um, doesn't mean you dominate. It doesn't mean that you you're asserting your, but you are you, you are asserting yourself in your presence, not in your physicality. Does that make yep. sense? It's true. Okay. Um, and which means that you can bring your your yourself to the 
half of a relationship and not impose yourself over the relationship. Mm. Okay, but what you're also doing is inviting that other person to bring their other half of the relationship and not impose their self over you. It's like people who speak over others to be heard by yelling or being louder. What is <laughs> that's them? Like this podcast. That, that's them using, I guess, <laughs> yeah, masculinity or they're kind of they're just being louder rather than listening using. <laughs> just like that just like that taking the opportunity to um to listen and have their voice heard in a kind of constructive way um i think great topic mate yeah i yeah. think it's a great topic i mean i i, I did not be i for one I, I was very aware of that word um but understanding the polarity between where where it has been and where it is yeah. and what we have interchanged it with is really interesting yeah and the idea of the sexual aspect of it is a huge one in that the bro culture of and the Tinder culture that's around nowadays of that idea that men, especially young men and boys, it's all it's all playing to the immaturity of man, mate. That's what it's, yeah. it's all playing just to. Just want to get it's out playing there to the immaturity of the man the girl and, and the maturity of a female. That's what it's doing, and, it, and it's working. Yeah, it's working. And you could even look like this, look at this, and go, "Well, toxic masculinity is the men that go out there looking for one night stands, or or especially one night stands where." They're purely looking for that sexual gratification, and perhaps the woman is looking for something else. They're taking but advantage. I don't know whether that's toxic, though. This is where I'll draw the line on it. I don't believe one night stands defines toxic masculinity. Not if you leave it there. It, it's based on the context of the individual experience. Yeah, I, I don't I think, think it's, it's the intent. I think it's the intention. Really? Yeah. In that, like, if you go into if both, it, if both consenting adults are, are going home for the night. If it's purely they're both yeah, why consenting, why isn't that and toxic femininity then? If for, yeah, one hundred percent. What's the unless yeah, if, if he if he if the guy's tricked them into something exactly or, right. If there's been yeah, some level of manipulation, that idea yeah. yeah of womanizing. Like I'm not sure if you guys ever watched that show, um, How I Met Your Mother, but Barney Stinson, one of the main characters, was a, a serial womanizer. He'd play tricks. He'd seduce women at the bar. He'd take them home and then he would never call them again. Yeah, but you know and that I'll, was, and, I, and I'm and I'll go out on a limb here and. I will go out on a limb. <laughs> but there is a bit of play that happens between... There, there is byplay that happens between men and women, and some women do like that. I'm not saying they, 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 they like the banter, they like the byplay, they like the bloke being, you know, being forward and coming up to them. You know, I flipped that around. I do know there's a lot of women that do the other side now too. I'm very aware of that. But, you know, I, I guess it does really come down to the seat of intent. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not brave enough to turn around and say that Womanizing is defined as one night stands, and and that's all bad, and you can't drop lines, and you can't, um, you know, try and influence. I mean, fuck's sake, it's, it is influencing. What you're talking about there is manipulation, which is manipulation, and however you want to, view, you know, it doesn't yeah. really matter, does it? Like it's it's the negative intent of manipulation. Yeah. Otherwise, you can call it influence, and I prefer yeah. to call it influence because I know both consenting adults, unless you're dropping a, a dropping a drug on someone, a woman will say yes to come home with you if you've impressed them. Yeah, that doesn't make you a toxic male. What you do next defines that. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't no. know. <laughs> no, I don't think that's that's not toxicity act, in itself. The act of sleeping with women does not make you a toxic male. No, I think that that bit is okay. It's if you 
sneak out the next morning when she was expecting to have a conversation and continue that. Fair enough. And you were like, no, I've I got I think if you disrespect, just as with anything, if there's just disrespect yeah, there. Exactly. That's yeah. the word. Um, then it's toxic. I yeah. think if it's done uh, respectfully, because the funny Cyrano thing- Cyrano de Bergerac, you know. The, the funny James thing is- Bond. These guys are all- these guys are all seem to be acceptable males. You said at the start, you put him in the positive. We, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he disappears and sends a bottle of champagne. I'm not sure on this fact, <laughs> but um, there, I have read claims that women are actually uh, more sexually, uh, like blokes cop it a heat, you know, think with their dicks, blah, blah, blah. There is stuff that women are actually more sexually uh, kind of active and promiscuous. Yeah, promiscuous than males. Yep. Um, and they a, are talking a, about it in the workplace more often than not these um, days. As a collective. And yet, what we, are cooler conversations? Yeah. And then we uh, guys cop it for thinking with, you know, um, which is super interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a male fan. <laughs> I'm very pro male. Yeah, but if you talk about toxic femininity, you're going to get slammed. I'd love to talk about that topic. <laughs> love to. Well, go on then. Not, well, not today. The no, I'll bring up another topic, but I'd love to bring the, the stats to the table because they are there are real numbers out there. There would be an equivalent of this where you have traditional aspects of femininity that, that women are kind of, I guess, born with. There'd be... Ways that they use that in a negative way and ways that they Yeah, 100%. Use exactly it, like, the yeah. same. So, but I've been manipulated. But I think the common thing is um, the immaturity piece, as you talked about. Like most guys are more immature, which then causes probably more opportunity. That's biology and physiology. More it's, not, it's, not, it's not them. More it's opportunity for disrespect to happen because of their immaturity. Yeah, exactly right. And that leads to then the and, toxicity. And, and, and you've got to be aware of that. And, I mean, if we're not aware of that at the moment, then who the fuck are we? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, that stuff is not – Unknown. That is very easy information to figure out. Men do mature later than women. And if you don't know that right now, women, please listen. <laughs> and there's a really interesting example of this oh, a few years back when, like, the army is a really good example of something that's been a fairly toxic masculine culture for, for quite some time in that. But they've needed to be to a point, right? They've gone over the line because we, we, now, now we're coming out that they really the strength and courage to do what they do. They have to be virile. Oh, 100%. All right. It's the machoism or the toxicity where they've become that bro culture you talk about, which yeah. has always been because they've got to live and die for their bros, man. Yeah, they've had aspects of both. They've just, I guess, over time confused standing. like It's got a bit messy. Th- yeah, being willing to die for your mates around you and then also playing up that kind of kind of the, the misogyny, I guess, is a big aspect of it is that they just – the disrespect for women that came out of it. and But yeah. a few years ago, the chief of army, there was just two or three incidents where female cadets were were slept with on um, during their officer training, um, whether it be stories or images or things came out of it. And the chief of army said, nope, I'm having a zero tolerance on this. This isn't the army that I want to be a part of. He was kind of going the masculinity in this current culture is being pushed in a toxic way and there are things that I'm not happy with. So I'm going to push it back the other way. And the the three original army values were courage, respect, uh, sorry, courage, initiative, and teamwork. And he added a fourth one, respect. Which, yeah, that's, and that's fair. Which you think probably should be a given, but he said, no, I'm standing up for this. We want more women in the army. We want that femininity to add value and to bring out positivity. But you've got to respect each other, even as men, right? A hundred percent. 
Um, respect res- respect your opponent. You got to respect the culture of the land you're you're you're, you're, com- you're, you're having your combat on. I mean, because what we know about armies and, and battles is that a lot of that stuff plays out. Yeah, and respect of everything and respecting human life to a degree as well. I, I oh for sure. I know stories of World War Two where they'd have breaks from fighting and they'd come across the line and have a drink or have a kick of a ball a or whatever. And wouldn't happen today. Certainly doesn't happen today. You wouldn't have. Al Qaeda going, yeah, cool. Let's have a break, and we'll come over and feed you some. Baklava. Can we do have to beep out that word? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? What? I don't think he said anything, did he? What he said something about Al Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> Al Gore. Yours to wrap up, bro. Yes, um, I'd I'd love to know what other listeners, male and female. What what their what they thought before this podcast virility meant to them? Whether like Justin, they had no idea what it meant, or perhaps they thought of it purely in a biological sense. Is it something that they? And we'll link up the article that that goes into a lot more detail about and some of these things, the expression of it. Um, and it'd be interesting the to graphs. know what are there aspects that men should kind of pursue and do it. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that was well picked. <laughs> there was a great podcast just on a segue. to be heard. Just as, there was a great podcast that had some beautiful musical overlays I re- listened to recently. You're talking about the future. The future Christo. with er- Errol Gerson. Gerson. Yeah. It was a beautiful piece of podcasting. Just, well, just, just so you know, that, that was that, that audio was used put in a positive way, not in a toxic. <laughs> <Yeah. way. laughs> like, that was uh, all you, are no, you are no whatever his name is, Christo. That's post production, mate. This is live. <laughs> show some restraint. Very man. raw man. and live. Yeah, show some restraint, <laughs> some respect. <laughs> well, right now, no respect. one's going to know what you're talking about because I can cut that channel and that segment out, and you're just talking rubbish now. It's just been an awkward pause. <laughs> That's called post production. Like, you know, we cut pauses out too, Jacob. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I just come here, I, <laughs> s- I speak occasionally. He just said he cut, <laughs> he said he, he just said he cut pause. <laughs> the RSPCA going to be knocking on your door. RSPCT. <laughs> if you've got value from this, let us know. And love the GMT. And if you didn't, let us know. Yeah, too. I, I tr- yeah, it's fresh. Yeah, I have no, a good to Lizzie. Yes, hundred and how is she? Hundred and three? Is she? Hundred and two? No. <laughs> She's what I love. A lot of bad luck in this room. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>